Shut up and sit down. Hello and welcome to the Futures Focus podcast, courtesy of Prospects1500.com. I'm your host, Alex Sanchez. Joined with me today, as always, David Gasper. And we have two really crummy teams, right, David? Uh, uh, <laughs> how are you dealing with our uh, with our terrible start to the 2021 season? Uh, well, you know, it was National Beer Day yesterday, and I think I'm continuing the observance of that holiday uh, later tonight because, oh, man, it's been a little bit rough to watch for the offense, but uh, the Brewers pitching staff has been uh, lights out there with uh, Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns, two former top prospects, lighting it up. Uh, love to see that, but keeps on getting wasted, and it is quite annoying to see. Yeah, pitching will even things out, I think, over the long run. Um, of course, my Braves aren't doing much better. Got off to that 0-4 start. Uh, but, you know, who cares? Just because it's the beginning of the year, I think that's why we're so upset. But uh, we're here today with a podcast, and that's fun. So let's, uh, let's stay positive, and uh, I think we'll be good. Today's show is an interesting one. I think we're going to go back in time a little bit. I think the theme of today's episode is for real or for not. We're going to go over the 2015 top 100 list and compare that list with 2020s, uh, or I should say 2021's top prospect list and see kind of what we might be able to learn from information now six years old. And we'll take a look at some of the hot starts and cold starts from the top prospects in the game making their debuts this year and see if we think that they can turn it around or see if they are for real or any concerns that David and I might have about those guys. So that's the episode for today. It's going to be a pretty interesting one, I think, in my opinion. But first, we have some news and notes to go over. So let's start with that. The first thing I wanted to touch on is a couple of pitchers that are coming back from injury and being injured. Those are Nate Pearson and AJ Puck. Nate Pearson is throwing a bullpen session and hopefully coming back in the next couple of weeks is the latest news out of Toronto. AJ Puck has a little bit more of a negative piece of information as he is going on the injured list due to a strained left bicep, which you never really like to hear. And of course, with his injury history, that doesn't give a lot of optimism moving forward. So David, any thoughts on Pearson or AJ Puck moving forward? Yeah, A.J. Puck, I mean, it's really kind of rough to see for him. I mean, former sixth overall pick uh, back in 2016, really, the for the most part, the top of that 2016 class really hasn't been uh, doing too well so far. But, yeah, Puck, really tough to see for Oakland, um, him dealing with that biceps injury. And Pearson, I, I've been, you know, excited about seeing Pearson because every time you see the videos of him for – um, all, all the stuff that he has, you know, you're always just kind of looking forward to seeing him pitch. But, um, yeah, it, it's going to be good to see him back out there on a mound and and see him uh, do some good things for, for the Blue Jays, hopefully. And one thing you do like to see, although this is going to sound weird, is that it is a groin injury for Pearson, um, not an arm injury. So, you, you know, in terms of his future outlook yet, you kind of – like seeing that instead of what you see with AJ Puck and the biceps injury, which is always really, really scary. Moving on, Andrew Vaughn, the starting left fielder with a question mark for the Chicago White Sox, hasn't really been playing as much as I have thought he would. Um, of course, got opening day where he did not come in and has been playing a little bit of left DH as well. But that is thanks to a gentleman by the name of Yermin Mercedes, who I had, I'm not going to be lying to you, never heard of before uh, <laughs> his, his, it wasn't his debut. He did have an at bat last year. So it wasn't, it was a second game ever where he went uh, five for five, was it? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Five for five. So uh, had you ever heard of Mr. Mercedes before? I had not. I had not heard of a Yermin Mercedes, but uh, now that I have, I want I want to pick him up in uh, I, I think in my ESPN fantasy league I picked him up because you know I kind of needed a catcher because Wilson Ramos really hasn't been doing that much uh, but so I picked him up and 
yeah, it, it was, it's just been crazy to see for him and someone just coming up and just lighting the league on fire like that. I think he started eight for eight, uh, to begin his, or to, to begin the season. So I uh, love to see that. And will he keep it up? Probably not, but Hey, ride it while it lasts. Yeah. He's hitting a cool five sixty-five, six RBIs. Also, he is the third string catcher in a sense. So if you can maybe find a league where he has catcher eligibility, that is very interesting. I'm more interested in why Andrew Vaughn isn't getting as many looks. He's just the guy that, you know, I would want to give every day at bats to. I I feel like he's the future there. And, you know, he's he played four out of the first eight games. And I have to I do need to make a clarification. None of them have come as a designated hitter. They've all been left field which is a position he's never played so yeah, that, uh, that could my, explain it in in my mind like okay well if you think he's good enough to play left field four times out of eight just go ahead and let him play there every day so he gets better because if you don't think he's good enough he simply isn't going to get better by playing half of your games in left field with you know trying to hit major league pitching for the first time so if that was the thought just send him to the alternate site uh, it's almost like they did the reverse of the Mariners in a sense. They didn't want people to think that they were you know, manipulating service time, so they brought mm-hmm. him up. But it's like maybe that was the wrong idea. So yeah, uh, it, it kind of seems like they're trying to fit a square peg into a round hole over there. Because mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, when when Eloy went down, it's like okay, now this leaves a very uncomfortable hole in the lineup, and you got a really good hitter that's essentially big league ready, but. Yeah, it's a position he's never played, and he's trying to learn that. And um, it, it can be difficult to do to learn that on the fly because, you know, he didn't even s- start learning it until super late in the spring training because that's when the injury happened. So if this was something he knew coming into the year, he could have spent all six weeks of spring training working on it. But instead, he's got about six days uh, of working on it. So it's uh, been really – I'm sure that's a very tough transition to make. And – Perhaps that's why offensively he hasn't been performing as much or performing as well as expected because he's trying to learn a new position on the fly. Yeah, it reminds me of that Moneyball scene where Brad Pitt says, tell him, Ron, it's really easy to learn first base. And he's like, it's extremely hard to learn first yeah. base. It's like, same thing. It's extremely easy in left field. And then it's like, well, no, it's not no. quite that easy. Plus, you have to hit major league pitching. It's first. almost as if playing professional baseball actually isn't easy at all in general. Yeah, indeed. So, um, the other guy, too, that was the talk of the spring, Bobby Dahlbeck, uh, coming in with the uh, 0 for 10 with five strikeouts to begin the season. It earned him a trip to the bench. Uh, he did come back to the lineup on Wednesday and go two for four. So interesting there. You know, spring training, stud, leads the world in home runs, and then comes out flat. So uh, are you worried about Bobby Dahlbeck? I, I kind of am myself. I was never really that high on him, although I was starting to change my mind in spring. So um, I don't know how long his leash is either with Tristan Cassis coming up soon, I'd imagine, as well. Yeah, I'm not that worried. I mean, it is still super early in the season, um, so I'm not going to make any sort of you know giant uh, conclusions over you know whether you know hitters going to be good or not based on a week uh, in, into the regular season. So I, I still think there's there's some time there for Dahlbeck. But, yeah, he's got Tristan Cassis that's coming up pretty quick. Um, so he's going to have to clamp down on that job pretty soon this season if he's going to want to keep it going forward. Yeah, it's it's so much more than just that confidence, too, because I'm sure his confidence was sky high. And now it's probably – that whole spring is reset after going over five, uh, over ten with five strikeouts to start the day. But of course, in Boston, nobody's really hitting right now. They're struggling to start the season. Again, don't want to overreact. I agree with you 100%. If these things happen in June or July, you don't even really think twice about them. But when they happen at the beginning of the season, it's fun to overreact. One last piece of information, and that was to congratulate more than anything the debut of Geraldo Perdomo, a guy that we've talked about on this podcast early in the year when we discussed the Diamondbacks top 50 a guy I think we both like and and assume is the shortstop of the future for the Diamondbacks he got to make his debut a little bit early it hasn't been going too well probably because in my opinion he's not quite ready Um, he was started out with a one for nine uh, spot but still awesome to see Perdomo making his debut in 2021 already here in the month of April 
Yeah, it, it was really kind of a unexpected seeing him up that early. But, you know, sometimes when a need comes up, you just got to call upon a player. And, you know, I think we're seeing that he's not quite totally ready just yet. Needs a little bit more seasoning. And, you know, that, that's a phrase that we hear a lot from, you know, GMs and whatnot. And a lot of times we think it's just kind of a whole bunch of BS. It's like, yeah, it needs a little more seasoning. I don't know about that. And uh, then, then a player comes up and you're like, eh, maybe. Uh, maybe he does, but yeah, it, there's there's a lot of promise there with Perdomo, and um, he's going to have plenty of time there to to get the job going forward. But it, it's still a little bit too early for him, I think. Yeah, and then really quickly, we don't have to talk about him because I think you and I both think he's pretty awesome. But Cabrian Hayes did have a little bit of a scare with his wrist after sliding back into first base. He's on the Injured list now, but it looks like he's probably going to be okay. He's first eligible to return on April 14th. Hopefully, he comes back all right. Yeah, hopefully for my fantasy team, too. Yeah, I (laughs) kind of want to talk about our fantasy team, but it's, again, I mean, we're playing each other this week. We probably should. Maybe if we have some time at the end, we can have some more with some gentlemanly trash talk back and forth. We're having a good battle. I think we're pretty close in in the standings. Um or in the, the categories, I should say, not standings. But um, that's going to do it for the news and notes. Let's go ahead and take a break. We'll come back, and we will jump right into that Back to the Future-esque look at uh, 2015 and compare that with our top prospects list for this year. So we'll be right back after this. And we're back again. This is Alex Sanchez joined by David Gasper. David, here's what's the plan on the docket here. I do have the 2015 MLB Pipeline Top 100 Prospects. I was going to use Prospects 1500, but I don't know if we had a consensus list uh, going back to that uh, year, 2015. I wanted it to be a little bit of a gap so we can confidently say whether or not these guys have been successful or not and kind of take a look at the current list we have which will be our list on the site prospects1500.com you can check it out we have a top 197 prospects list that is a consensus of most of our writers um, coming up with their own list and then being it compiled together it's really really cool list so yeah Orlando Arcia number 12 I think we would probably both agree that that hasn't worked out too well so uh, just for fun, you know, we want to use the exact same numbers. We can say that um, Casey Mize is going to be a bust too. So the n- number 12th ranked prospect in 2021. 20, but I don't think that's how the lists work. I think rather it's important to take a look at, you know, the list in segments. So maybe 10 at a time or even 20 at a time or something like that and see how many of these guys became productive major leaguers. I'm not talking MVP candidates. But guys that, you know, you would take on your team now that have been productive, have added positive war to the team and still have bright futures. Because, to be honest, 2015, these guys are still very, very much in their prime with perhaps their best seasons left to come. So here was the top 10 list in 2015. Number one, Byron Buxton, followed by Corey Seager, Lucas Giolito, Julio Urias. J.P. Crawford at five, Joey Gallo at six, Tyler Glass now at seven, Yohan Moncada at eight, Brandon Rogers at nine, and Dansby Swanson at ten. And according to my count, roughly two out of those ten guys would be considered kind of busts at this point. Although you could make an argument we haven't seen Brandon Rogers yet. Maybe you have some hope for him. But J.P. Crawford clearly isn't going to be the guy we were hoping he was in 2015. So, David, that gives us two out of ten. Twenty percent of the top ten prospects are probably not going to make it at all, you know, be very successful at all. So, they, I mean, to be honest, Crawford is a major leaguer, but nothing too special. I'd consider him average, wouldn't you? Yeah. He's like the definition of average. (laughs) He's a replacement (laughs) player. So... Um, taking a look at our top 10 list, then, uh, Wander Franco, Joe Adele, Jared Kelnick, Julio Rodriguez, Mackenzie Gore, Adley Rutschman, Royce Lewis, Bobby Witt Jr., Spencer Torkelson, Nate Pearson. I'm going to put you on the spot. 
maybe we'll we'll rotate here. Give me one of those guys that's going to be the J.P. Crawford and Brandon Rogers, the bust moving forward. All right, uh, my my first bust that I'm going to go with, um, and you can, you know, not like it or whatever, but I'm going to go with Joe Adele uh, as as one of my busts from this group. I know he's ranked number two on our list, but what I am extremely concerned about is his very high strikeout rate. Even throughout the minors, uh, in A-ball, he struck out uh, quite often. Um, in AAA, struck out 32% of the time. Uh, last year, he struck out 41% of the time. Uh, it's just, it, it's very concerning to me when, when players like that who um, are supposed to have, you know, I mean, he's got a great, you know, power-speed combination, but... He doesn't walk that much. He strikes out a lot. Uh, so he doesn't really make, you know, that, that great of contact that often. And that concerns me. So I, I think there's a, a good chance that Joe Adele ends up being a bit of a bust. It's tough. I mean, you look at these 10 guys and you take almost any of them right now. But uh, oh, yeah. I like that Adele. We have seen him a lot. He didn't make the major league roster to start. So, I can't really argue against it, especially when I, you, you're going to say, well, okay, who else would it be? You know, so Adele is a very good choice there. I'm going with a pitcher, and it's you went much bolder than I did because you picked the number two guy. I'm going to pick the number 10 guy and pick Nate Pearson for a mm. couple of reasons. Number one, he has, like Adele, been up to the majors and has not experienced a huge amount of success. Six ERA over his four games started, only 16 strikeouts to 18 walks. To me, of course, it's fun to see that fastball, but I don't know if the other stuff's there. And what happens, you know, Strasburg came up when he was throwing 100, and he's not throwing 100 anymore, but he learned how to pitch otherwise. So we're going to need Nate Pearson to do that because that 100-mile-per-hour fastball will not be there later on down the line. And the other stuff is not very extraordinary, in my opinion, at least the stuff I've seen in the majors. So I'm, I had I have some concerns, and of course, when you throw that hard, injuries start to creep up. We've seen that with Strasburg as well. A lot of injuries. Tommy John on the horizon. Um, he's already dealing with an injury. Granted, it wasn't an arm injury, but to me, Nate Pearson has a little bit of that risk where he's just not going to be able to get past that fastball that got him so far, and and maybe he falls off a little bit. So that's my pick there, Nate Pearson. What do you think? Uh, I completely agree with you, and he was actually my second pick. Uh, maybe I should have gone with him first. Um, but, yeah, no, Nate Pearson uh, is someone who, yeah, like you mentioned, big fastball, uh, a lot of talent there. But for me, the, the primary part of my concern is the injuries because every time it's, it seems like he's gotten about ready, he's had some sort of minor injury or setback or something along the way to prevent him from getting to that next level. And I mean, when you throw that hard and you have the, um, the type of mechanics and stuff that he does, you know, I, I think it's going to be extremely difficult for Pearson to continue as a starting pitcher and, and to stay as a starting pitcher throughout his career and, and be a, a dominant starting pitcher that, that we expect him to be as a top 10 prospect. So, you know, with, with the injuries and, and with, uh, the mechanics and everything. I, I just think it's extremely difficult for him to live up to top 10 prospect status. Absolutely. I think another easy one is Royce Lewis, but I didn't want to pick him just because I still actually quite believe in him. Um, and injuries are, you know, the guys here on the top list that in 2015 didn't make it, it wasn't necessarily because of injuries. It's just because they weren't that good. So I think mm -hmm. Royce Lewis is very good and injuries have just kind of plagued him not even that many right it's just been the one one major one yeah okay let's take a look at the next 10 and maybe we'll we'll expand this a little bit i think it'll be a little bit harder now because we're gonna have to pick more busts <laughs> so yeah. um at 11 trey turner uh number 12 as we mentioned orlando arcia to me that's probably a bust we have rafael yeah. devers at 13 no more mazara at 14 that would be a bust uh 15 steven Matz. what do you think should we count him yeah, I mean, he had some uh some pretty solid years there. Yeah, we'll count him. We'll also count 16 Alex Reyes. He's had some injuries again that got in his way, but he looks really good now. Aaron Judge, I think we'll count. I think he's good. 
Uh, but here's a few interesting ones. Franklin Barreto, that's definitely a guy that has not achieved any success. And despite his awesome save yesterday where he came out throwing 99 and struck out the side, Sean Newcomb at number 19. I'm going to go ahead and classify him as a bust. But hopeful. That was an awesome outing. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. Anyway, um, and then Jose Barreos at 20. So by my count, you have Newcomb, Barreto, Mazzara, and Arcia. So we have to pick four. It's going to get okay. a little going to get a little bit tougher here um and here are the next 10 that we have to choose from dylan carlson casey mize cj abrams marco luciano andrew vaughn this is going to be tough sixto sanchez yeah. matt manning alex karoloff christian uh christian robinson and austin martin do you think we could pick four from that list Ooh, not without getting some people very angry at us <laughs> yeah we are Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, I made you go first last time. So I'll go ahead and take the bullet for this one. I'm going to pick Christian Robinson. He's a guy that's on this list solely because of his ceiling. And we have not really seen it at the higher levels. And I think he's a guy that's just so big and, and who knows how his body is going to respond in the future. And, you know, maybe there's something in his swing where he just can't fix. So if there's a guy that never even makes it off of this list, which is hard. It's got to be Christian Robinson is one of the busts. So he would be my first choice there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go probably with another unpopular pick. Um, yeah. But uh, the, the Tigers have a number of, of pitching prospects and which ones will succeed and which ones won't because odds are not all of them will succeed. Um, but I think there's a chance Casey Mize could end up being a bust. I mean, he was the number one overall pick. I know this is a big take right here, Um, but number one overall pick, his debut last year wasn't uh, overwhelming uh, to say the least. Um, I haven't uh, really checked in on on what he's doing so far this year, but, you know, just just kind of looking at some of the other guys that uh, the Tigers have and how they performed, you know, maybe there's there's something to Mize's struggles last year. Maybe there isn't. Um, but, you know, pitchers are very uh, risky and very kind of tough to get to their, their maximum potential. So I think especially given the high expectations for Casey Mize, there's a chance he ends up being a bust. I mean, he could be a serviceable uh, major league starter for a number of years, but he could be more of a, a mid to back end type rather than a an ace and anchor of your rotation for the next decade. Yeah, I love that pick. That would have been my next one. Um, mm. The strikeouts are the all that have been what's really concerned me with Mize. Um, I think 12 is much too high on this list as it is for him. I can't remember what I had him in, but it probably would have been in the low 20s. But um, yeah, I, I could see him being like a guy like that Steven Matz. You're like, he's not bad and he's been up for a while, but he's not mm-hmm. exactly what we hoped he would be. And that brings me to my next guy here, and that's number 20, Austin Martin. Love the name, love the team, love the, you know, the, the future spot is probably there for him to be a, a major contributor. But I do think that his ceiling might not be what we would hope for at a number two. I think he might be a guy, you know, when we look look back at the list where, you know, Nomar Mazara might be a good example. Like he's okay. He's been around. He hasn't done much. And I think that's kind of what Austin Martin might be, a guy that, you know, he hits 15 home runs, hits 250 or something like that, maybe steals 10. And you're like, okay, this guy's not bad. But then he's like playing third base, so it's not a premium position. And the war doesn't add up because of that. And, you know, he gets lost in the shuffle. Maybe he bats eighth in that lineup. And so he's just the guy that I, I, I like, but I think that some people have gotten a little bit too overboard on him. And he's still a ways away, I, I think. I don't think we'll see him this year. And, uh, you know, I have to pick somebody. So that's my next one. Now, putting you on the spot, because we've taken the three, I think, pretty obvious choices, in my opinion. Now you have to pick a stud, I think. (laughs) Um, Who are you going with next? Uh, I am going to, and and this isn't entirely because I want this to happen. I kind (laughs) of do, just just because (laughs) uh, of my Brewers fandom here. Number 11. Number 11, Dylan Carlson. (laughs) Um... You know, he made his debut last year, 35 games, 110 at-bats. He only hit 200 uh, with a 616 OPS, 67 OPS plus. 
35 strikeouts. You know, it really wasn't a very strong debut for Dylan Carlson last year. And then in 2021 here, he's not up to that hot of a start either, hitting a buck 58 uh, through the first six games or so. Um, so, I mean, he's still got, you know, that power showing up. He's got three home runs in six games this year, and he had three home runs in 35 games last year. Uh, so that's starting to show up a little bit. But also, um, you know, with, with the batting average being as low as it is and uh, the on-base percentage uh, being pretty low, he's not drawn that many walks. Um, so, you know, that, that's someone that, uh, if the bat doesn't come around, you know, he could be kind of more, more that Nomar Mazzara type where, you know, very strong defender out there in the outfield, but you know, will the bat come around? Yeah. He's a guy that I want to be successful and and I wanted him to be successful in a Rockies uniform for (laughs) Nolan Arenado. I'm still mad at Jeff Breidich for that. I knew we would bring him up at some point. I just felt it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just, he hasn't been impressive in the majors yet. So, I mean, granted three hits, he's made count, but yeah. there you go. I mean, again, we're so positive on this show that every guy, I feel like I listen to our podcast back over and like every guy is going to be an, an all-star and they're going to be up and they're going to be a stud. And, you know, we're talking about the 35th prospect of a team and our guys are telling us that, you know, watch out for him. He's going to be a stud. So we have to bring some of that positivity down, I think. So yeah. that's kind of what I'm realizing here is we're kind of telling you the negative things about these guys. But, I mean, history shows that the top 100 prospects, they're not all going to make it. Some may never even see the majors. So I think it's a good exercise for us to do and, and to force ourselves to kind of critique these guys in ways that we maybe otherwise wouldn't. So let's take a look at the next 10 guys. Let's let's add a injection of positivity here, but also keep our negative uh, aspirations going. So here are the next 10. They do have some studs, and that's what I want to kind of focus on here. Because at 21, Alex Bregman. 22, Austin Meadows. 23, Jose De Leon. 24, Jose Peraza. 25, Manuel Mergot. Bradley Zimmer, 26. That's a streak of... <laughs> Not very good. But then we get to Jesse Winker at 27, John Gray at 28. Then some fun ones here in Glyber, Torres, and Ozenio, Ozzy Albies at 30. So a couple of studs round out. So let's continue our exercise, but let's go positive first. So we have two, um, two absolute studs. Well, one absolute stud in, in Bregman. And then two just on the borderline of being absolute studs in Torres and Albies. So that leaves us to pick basically let's pick a stud each. How about that for the next right. uh, the next 10 spots? So that next 10 spots to choose from Joey Bart, Luis Patino, Riley Green, Christian Pache, J.J. Blade, Vidal Brujan, Drew Waters, Spencer Howard, Ian Anderson and Michael Kopech. Interesting because I'm going to have trouble with this. Um, I'll let you go first. This one. Absolute stud, Alex Bregman, top level, a type of level. Who do you got? I got Riley Green, outfielder mm. for the Tigers. Uh, that, that kid can just mash. Um, and I think I, I really like the Tigers system. Uh, you know, we, we had a we had Kurt on talking about the system a couple weeks ago on the podcast here, and you know, he really kind of helped me get me hyped up for the system. I think they got a lot of really good uh, hitters in there. Uh, and Riley Green is one of them. Um, so I, I think he's going to end up being uh, one of the studs in that Detroit outfield for the next several years. Yeah, I love it. Love Riley Green. He's such a safe pick because we had him at 23 on our list. I, I can't imagine that he's 23 on too many of the other lists out there. I think we're probably one of the lowest publications on him. He should be, be higher, in my opinion. But uh, great, great pick. I'm going to have to pick a brave here. Um, there's Shocker. two that I'm, I'm, I'm picking from in Drew Waters and Ian Anderson. I'm much more confident in Ian Anderson being a Cy Young Award candidate than I would say Drew Waters is an MVP candidate just because mm-hmm. of the changeup. And now we've seen it twice in terms of, you know, two seasons with Ian Anderson, absolute stud last year, and he's carried it over. He looked really, really good. Even, you know, I was watching his game here in 2021, and he didn't have the changeup. For the first inning or two, found it. And then once he found it, he paired it with this new curveball. It's not new, but it's a, a much more improved curveball. So now he's got three legit pitches. He knows how to pitch up in the zone. 
I think he is for real. And that changeup is so, so devastating. And it's not even crazy. It's just like six or seven miles per hour slower. But people swing and miss at that thing all the time. So give me Ian Anderson. Um, all right. There. There is your positivity, folks. Let's go back go. to the, the negativity. Okay. By my count, I got Jose DeLeon, Jose Peraza, Manuel Margot, Bradley Zimmer. Um, that's four. So we got to pick four more. I, I would count John Gray, Winker, Meadows, and of course the three others to be successful. So we got to pick four more guys here. So let's let's keep this going, moving. Let's not give a huge amount of reasons, but I'll go ahead and start. Um, I'm going to pick Joey Bart. I just don't like mm. what I've seen from Joey Bart as a catcher. Uh, I think it's easy to be a bust as a catcher as well, especially when Posey's there. Plus, they have uh, Patrick Bailey coming up behind him. Why did they draft him if they were so confident in Bart? So, mm. to me, Joey Bart might be a guy that, you know, just never quite makes it as a major league catcher. Um, what about you? What do you got? You stole my pick. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Um, yeah, I think another uh, potential – um, bust is another pitcher that has kind of been injured a bunch that throws hard, but uh, really kind of might not reach his his full potential. And that's Michael Kopech. Um, you know, we've known for a while how hard he can throw and the type of stuff that he has. But uh, with, with his injury history, uh, I do have some concerns about his ability to live up to the lofty expectations of a frontline starter going forward. That's an interesting pick, yeah, and I think a good pick for an exercise like this. Pick the guy that throws hard. That's what I did with Pearson, <laughs> not going to lie. Yeah. Um, another guy that I've never really liked, I can't give you a specific reason why. I don't even think I ranked him in the top 100 when I did this list. We did this list in October, so. Um, but that's Vidal Brujan. I don't have a good reason for you. I just don't like him for some reason, and I know he's very highly ranked, 26th, but um, yeah, I just have a feeling about him. He's, he reminds me of like a Jorge Mateo type of guy, mm. speed, and uh, I just don't see the hit tool too much, and there's just too many guys there in Tampa to take a spot, so give me uh, Fidel Brujan as a guy that just never makes it. That leaves you with a tough choice here, because pretty much everybody left. I think I see one guy I might pick, but I'm interested to see who you go with next. Yeah, there, I've, I've got a couple options I'm trying to decide between. I'm trying to decide between Christian Pache Ooh. and Spencer Howard. Okay. One of because, those guys is correct, I think. Yeah, I think based on your reaction, Spencer <laughs> Howard is, is the guy. Um, but if I'm looking at the stats this year correctly, Pache has not gotten off to a strong start, correct? Yeah, correct. And I think we this is the standard caveat that in – Real life baseball, Pache is about as sure thing as they come. But in terms right. of fantasy, I think I see where you're getting at. And I totally agree with you. Uh, 24 on our list is much too high for his offensive ceiling. But um, I, yeah, I defensively do. great, you know, fantastic yeah. player could could play for however long in the league as, as yeah. a center fielder. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it'll you know, it'll remain to be seen what his bat does. And if his bat can, you know, help him live up to the 24th overall ranking. Um, but yeah, but, you know, other than that, you know, a guy like Spencer Howard, um, you know, is he going to be able to live up to the the number one frontline type starter um, that, that he's been billed to be? Or uh, is he going to be just kind of maybe a serviceable rotation piece uh, going forward? Yeah, and I think. That's how I would look at it. Like, don't bet on the guy that is otherworldly defensively. And all he has to, you know, he just has to figure out how to hit decently and he'll be a success. So that's why I wouldn't pick Pache and I would pick Howard. That was the guy I was thinking of. Because he, again, would it, you know, put him in the bullpen if he comes back up. That's what the Phillies were saying this year. It's just like, yeah, I don't like. It's amazing how 2020 might have really screwed up <laughs> some of these prospects beyond what yeah. we even realize right now. Um, with Spencer Howard, Nate Pearson types, you know, guys like that. So, all right. Whew, this is getting tough. I think we're going to have to pick more and more as we go. Uh, here we go with 30. Maybe we'll do, uh, we'll go to the top 50. How about that? Let's go to the all top right. 50, not the top 100. Um, so that gives us a few more runs here. Okay. 31, we had Josh Bell, Brett Phillips, mm. <laughs> Raul Al, uh, Aldoberto Mondesi. He was still Raul Mondesi in 2015. Uh, Billy McKinley. Clint Frazier, Robert Stevenson, 
Willie Adamas, Tim Anderson, Archie Bradley, and Brian Johnson. Um, some names I didn't think I'd be talking about today, but um, this is a tough one. Let's see here. I think Josh you know what, Bell. Two studs, maybe? Yeah. I mean, Josh just, Bell uh, and Tim Anderson? I'd say Mondesi, for fantasy purposes, is also a stud. Yeah. But yeah, so three studs, not even like stud studs, but like really above average players. So that leaves us with Phillips, McKinney, Stevenson, and Frazier. then we have to argue about Adamus and Archie Bradley. Oh, and Brian Johnson, I think he for sure is on there. Yeah. What, six? <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, it's like six busts or so. I think so. I think Archie Bradley had a good run there. So maybe we can <laughs> yeah. not include him. But, but I mean, he's a closer now. So, like, could you, re- like, is a closer yeah. really worthy of a 39th ranked no. prospect? And he's not even a good closer. <laughs> he's not yeah. even a closer for the team now. I mean, he's setting up in Philly. Oh, wow. For Naris. So, yeah, we got to include him. So that's six I feel guys. Like Hector Naris loses his job at least twice yeah. a season. Oh, uh, yeah, he, he does. Um, all right. Oh, gosh. Well, at least we have one easy answer here. I'm going to go over this list. But here we go. Here's who we have to choose from. We have to pick six. All right. So we got to pick three. Six bus out of out of 31 through 40 here. Yeah. In our, uh, in our top nine, 197. This is going to, we're going to really piss people off. This is great. All right. Uh, Jason Dominguez, Forrest Whitley, Grayson Rodriguez, Nolan Jones, Tariq Skubel, Nolan Gorman, Noel V. Marte, Trevor Larnick, Owen oh. Carroll, and Jordan Groshans. I love oh. almost all of these players. <laughs> I'm screwed. Wow. So um, let me go first and pick Forrest Whitley. No, obviously, Forrest Whitley is on there. We don't need to explain that too much, right? We can. He's obviously making one of our six. So that leaves us to pick five. Yeah. Um, All right. Let me go. go yeah, with this one. I'm, I'm screwed right. on this one because I'm going to pick a guy I like. Unfortunately, I, I'm going to pick a guy. A lot of guy. A lot of people are going to to yell at me for, but. Jason Dominguez, I think, is someone that has big bust potential. He's got big boom potential, don't get me wrong, but he's also got big bust potential. I mean, he's so young, and, I mean, really, he's gotten so big, too, physically. Um, I'm a a little bit uh, concerned, potentially, about his ability to uh, keep up with, you know, the speed and and his athleticism going forward. Because, um, I mean, he's just built like a refrigerator. Like, he's so thick. Yeah, he's huge. Um, it, it, he's almost like not looking like a, a typical baseball player. He's, he's looking more like an offensive lineman almost. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just, you know, incredibly thick legs and, you know, yeah, very strong, a lot of power. But, you know, it. At such a young age, you know, I'm I'm concerned about his um, lasting ability um, to 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 remain this athletic and and to remain that good of a hitter. Mm-hmm. This isn't fair, man. I like I know all of these guys, but I, you know, I don't I want to go easy. Not that you went easy, but like Noel V. Marte is another guy we just haven't seen a lot of. But I really do believe in him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to pick him. Um. I'll go Nolan Gorman and hope the Cardinals are screwing him up by moving him over to second and something yeah. like that. Uh, maybe he just another guy that should be a Rocky. Yeah, uh, fails miserably at second, and then maybe you know his power and strikeouts, of course, are the two things we have to watch. So maybe the strikeouts overwhelm what you're getting with the bat. Otherwise, so give me Nolan Gorman. Um, so we got Jason Dominguez, Nolan Gorman, Forrest Whitley. We got to pick three more. Eek. Yeah. Who do you got? All right. Um, so I don't really want to make this pick because I like him and he's uh, on my dynasty team in the <laughs> league that we're in. Um, so I, I hope he doesn't bust. Um, but the Orioles have destroyed very yeah. many pitching prospects. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm picking Grayson Rodriguez simply because the Orioles uh, have a history of not getting anything out of their pitching prospects. They destroyed Dylan Bundy, Kevin Gosman. Uh, countless others. They just haven't been able to get anything out of these really talented pitchers that they've had over the years. And as soon as those pitchers go elsewhere, they turn into really good pitchers. Um, So for that reason, simply because he's in the Orioles organization, I'm going to say Grayson Rodriguez. Yeah. I mean, I can't argue with that as well. I think what we're doing is coming up with like legit reasons why these guys 
we can't get too excited about. And that is a great reason. The Orioles have yeah. had a track record of horrendous <laughs> pitching development. So yeah. until they fix it, we have to continue to continue to assume it's going to happen. Yeah, I'm going to have to pick a guy here that I've actually mentioned I really like on the podcast before. And that's Jordan Groshans from the Blue Jays. I, I do like him quite a bit. The only downside I have for him is that his value really is if he can stay at short. Um, and if he moves to third and then struggles a little bit with the, the hitting, then we might see you know a little bit of a disappointment there. But yeah, I, I like everybody else, and I'm very interested to see who you're going to pick with the last one. Because we got one more guy, David. Oh, we got one more still to do? That was five. Yeah, let me see. Jason, Forrest, Grayson's three, Nolan, four, Groshan's five. Unless you wanted to count Noel V. Marte as my sixth. Uh, can we count that? Because I don't know <laughs> if I got a... Oh man, it'd be yeah. so tough to try to pick another out of this group. Yeah, let's just do, I think Marte is a safe one because he's so far. Um, although we had one, I don't know who it was, but ranked him number nine. And honestly, I'd have him closer to nine than I would 37. But his risk is, I mean, I'm not, I'm very much ready to take on risk when it comes to dynasty leagues. So I love guys like him, um, but he is risky for sure. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about it. All right, that leaves us with the last 10 here. This might even be harder because I'm looking at some of these guys and we're going to have to pick a bunch again, <laughs> unfortunately. Mm-hmm. All right, so at 41, Blake uh, Snell. Our 2015, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think he turned out okay. Yeah, the 2015 list, good call. Uh, then we go Carson Fulmer, Mark Appel, Alex mm-hmm. Jackson, Jameson Tyone, Dylan Tate Gaucho, Ugh. David Dahl, Brett Honeywell, Jeff Hoffman and Ryan McMahon. Okay. Oh man. So, oh man. Okay. Well, Fulmer, Appel, Jackson for sure. That's three. Dylan Tate's four. Brett Honeywell. I don't know. I uh, know. Do we give up on Honeywell already? No, probably not. Well, let, let's go with the too soon to call for Honeywell. Yeah, we'll have to pick one of those guys too, a late bloomer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's four. I guess we could keep David Dahl in there and Jameson Tyone. And then Jeff Hoffman, we probably have to include. So that gives us five. And Ryan McMahon, I guess. That's also almost too soon. Yeah. I don't know. Let's do five. All let's right. Do five. All right. That leaves. Oh, my gosh. Okay, here we go. Um. All right, here we uh, here are the here are the ten we have to choose from: Brandon McKay, Alec Thomas, Nick Madrigal, Logan Gilbert, Tristan Cassis, Cabrian Hayes, Jazz Chisholm, Jeter Downs, AJ Puck, and Asa Lacy. Ugh. We got to pick five. I'll go first five. this time because you had to pick an extra one last time, technically. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, um, I know who I'm not picking, and that's Cabrian Hayes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's already kind of been better than those five put together. <laughs> kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, I see a few, actually. This is this yeah. group is actually a lot easier than the last group I had. Yeah. And I'll start. I think there's two very easy ones. And the first one's Brandon McKay for me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't like his ceiling. I don't think he – I think his best case scenario is a three-starter. And I don't think the hitting is happening. I think that's out the window now. So we're looking at just like a media, like an average third starter, which is good. But that's the ceiling to me now. So give me Brandon McKay as one of our five. All See right. And then I think I'm going to go with the other obvious one here, AJ Puck. Yeah. Um, he, like we mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh, having some injury issues, uh, some arm issues, and you know, even if he's back to full health, you know, is he much more than a a back end starter or a reliever uh, in high leverage situations? Uh, I don't think he's going to be able to live up to uh, the number six overall pick. So give me puck. Yeah, I think those are the two chalk choices. And now we have to get a little bit more nitpicky. I'm going to go with Jazz Chisholm. I think that. Ooh. There, I mean, we've seen him already be pretty unsuccessful in the major leagues, and he's off to a good start in terms of stolen bases this year, but still not a great start. He's a guy that if he just can't figure it out, he just might mm-hmm. kind of fade off into the distance. So um, I have him in a dynasty league, and I, I'm hoping I'm wrong about this, but I could see a world where he just doesn't hit, you know, and the power speed doesn't do enough to save him. And he's exciting. He's fun to watch for sure, but he just might be a guy that, that can't quite figure it out. So that's three. Got two more. Yeah. Um, 
So Scott might hate me for this, but I'm going to go Jeter Downs um, for for my next one. Um, you know, it's it's so hard to live up to the to the name Jeter, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> and um, just with you know what um, we've seen in his you know minor league stats um, so far, um, you know, not hitting much more than 260, 270. Um, you know, he had the power show up a little bit more in 2019 um, and, and got some stolen bases in there. But, you know, j- just kind of translating that, um, I'm I'm, I'm going to go I'm going to go downs, I guess, because this is a really kind of a tough group. Yeah, I think these guys are like major leaguers, but it's just how good are they going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, that brings me to my next guy. In, in fact, I do think Nick Madrigal is probably going to be around for a while. Um, but to me, when the speed starts to dissipate which it, it history shows that it will i'm left to wonder what nick's going to do because i think a speed is a, a big part of his game for for getting on base with that hit tool you know beating out infield singles and stuff like that to me to for him to maintain value he almost has to do a jose altuve type of trajectory where he has to get some power out of nowhere um and that's that's a thing that you just don't see a lot with that player profile so if he doesn't hit for power ever and the speed goes away, we're left with kind of just like a a good hit tool. That's it, second baseman, in terms of fantasy at least. So he'd be the last guy, I think, uh, to round out our five. So whew, that was tough. That was a tough exercise. Yeah. It was a lot harder than I thought it would be. But it shows you, five years it only took for some of these guys to completely fall off the map. And, like, we are. We're talking about completely falling off the map, right? Mark Appel, completely off. Dylan Tate, completely off. Billy McKinney barely made the... The Brewers are, he's a number five outfielder. Yeah. Derek and Phillips so, is a backup outfielder. This is going to happen. And as much as we like to say these guys are studs and they're the, you know, the best hit tool in the minors, you, you, inevitably they're going to hit roadblocks. They're going to find ways uh, to get out of baseball in a sense. And it's going to happen. We just have to try to figure out who that's going to be. <laughs> that's, that's the hard part. All right. Continuing on with this theme a little bit is the for real or for not section. And really, when we go over some of these names that you'll see right now, a lot of the prospects have been struggling to start 2021, the ones that have been up. So it it sort of uh, goes with what we were saying. In fact, you know, Andrew Vaughn, you know, starting out with a 154 batting average. Here's what I'll do. I'll mention a few, and then you give me the one guy that you think um, maybe isn't as good as we think, and then the other guy that maybe is gonna you have no issues with, okay? So uh, Andrew Vaughn hitting 154 to start with no home runs. Cabrian Hayes hitting 200 is on the injured list. You have Dylan Carlson hitting 158 with three home runs. And then you have Jazz Chisholm hitting 188 with no home runs, two stolen bases. What do you think of those names that I just mentioned? Who are you most confident in in turning it around this year? Uh, the, the two guys I'm most confident in of that group are going to be Cabrian Hayes and Andrew Vaughn. Uh, I think those guys are just two really incredible hitters um, that, that are going to hit um and and are going to put up some really awesome at bats and do a lot of really good things so yeah of that group vaughn and and cabrian hayes are are my two top guys two guys doing pretty well to start again small sample size caveat but randy rosarena hitting 300 with a 364 on base percentage and ian anderson looking really good with seven strikeouts and a 1.8 era in his start, do you think those guys are who we thought they are and they're going to continue this on or they might see some struggles in the future? Um, you know, I, I think, I mean, both might, you know, see some struggles along the way, but um, a Rosarena is a guy who's really kind of jumped on and everyone's kind of wondering if he can continue what he did last year in the postseason. And so far, he seems to be doing it. You know, like you said, they're hitting 300, 364 on base percentage. Um, that's that's doing um, pretty much what he did in the postseason last year. So I'm not sure how much longer he'll be able to keep it up. Maybe he'll he'll be able to, you know, do that for the most part for the rest of his career. But um, it, it's just crazy what a Rosarena has been doing. 
Yeah, and these pitchers that are going after him now obviously know all about him. There's no surprise factor. They had a whole offseason to prepare, and for him to not see any sort of issues here at the start of the season is really encouraging because usually sophomore slump, right? That's a thing. And Mm -hmm. now, granted, he's still technically a rookie, but, you know, pitchers make the adjustments quickly on these guys, and they haven't really found a way to get him out yet. So it's really intriguing. Um, you know what? I think we'll probably skip over most of the pitchers unless you have a guy that you just have to talk about just because one start, eh, you know, <laughs> Kyle Gibson comes to mind. He was horrific opening day. And then his next start went six innings, no runs, eight Ks. So it's like, okay, well, one start I'm not going to worry about, but a little bit of the at bats for the hitters as well. So, um, moving down our list here, we have Nick Madrigal hitting 238. Um, Kyle Isbell, 294 for the Royals, and Bobby Dahlbeck hitting 143 for the Red Sox. You had uh, Alejandro Kirk, I think a, a guy a lot of people like, is hitless on the year, 0 for 7. You have Geraldo Perdomo hitting 111. Um, so a bunch of guys there struggling besides Kyle Isbell. So let me ask you this. Are you more confident in Isbell continuing this or confident in one of these other guys turning it around quickly? Um, I'm, I'm actually fairly confident in, in Isbell, uh, continuing his stuff. I mean, he's a really good hitter and a big part of that, uh, you know, Royals, um, you know, rebuild turnaround here, whatever you want to call it, that they're building over there with Dayton Moore. Um, you know, I like him and, and I think it's good that he's getting the opportunities to, to play and, and he's showing pretty well with them. Yeah, honestly, if you would have told me that all those guys that I mentioned are struggling, I don't think I would have been too surprised. They all have a lot of issues. Perdomo, you know, it's too early for him. Um, Dahlbeck, strikeout issues. Uh, mm-hmm. Chis, uh, Madrigal just, you know, may not be who we quite thought he was. We mentioned that earlier in the podcast anyway. So, yeah, I like that pick. I think it's an interesting one. I think Isbell... Kind of came out of nowhere on some people, but he was really productive in the minor leagues and is given a lot of opportunities. It's not like he's super young. He's 24. So he's interesting for sure. A guy to maybe pick up in fantasy leagues where he is available as well. Okay, uh, let's do a few more here. Christian Pache, as you mentioned, hitting 125. Mm. Taylor Trammell hitting 118. This is being a really negative episode. Um <laughs> <laughs> but they just this is what this happening. Um, Paven Smith is hitting uh, Pavin Paven. Forgot. I think it's Paven. Paven hitting 154 for Arizona. Ryan Jeffers hitting 200 for Minnesota. Uh, the only guy here that's mixed into all of these guys is Jonathan India hitting 476 mm. and is I guess your front runner for Rookie of the Year right now, <laughs> Jonathan yeah. India. So uh, what do you think about those names? Um, I'm a I'm a big Jonathan India fan uh, right now. That's for sure. Uh, he's totally going to keep this up over a whole season in 476. Uh, no, not really. But uh, I do have him uh, on my uh, on my team here facing against you in our dynasty league. So I am very much appreciative of everything Jonathan India is doing for the Cincinnati Reds. Um, you know, he's he's obviously not going to keep up hitting 476, but India's a really good hitter, man, and um, I, I'm really excited about what I've seen from him so far. And I, I think he's gonna, you know, continue slugging and continue hitting well. I mean, he's obviously not gonna be hitting over 400 for the rest of the season, but I, I think he's he's really gonna be a really good player for the Reds. Yeah, these hitters are just being horrific to start for most of the time. I'm going down again, um, Luis Camposano. Um, one for 11 to start. Um, so with all of that being said, some of these pitchers are doing really, really well in the prospects. I know I, I said I wasn't going to mention a few of the, the bad ones, but here are some of the good ones. Chris Rodriguez has had five innings, has struck out six, has okay. a 1.93 ERA. Michael Kopech hasn't allowed a run over four innings and has struck out eight. AJ Puck, before he was injured, had three innings of no runs allowed. Uh, you have... Tristan McKenzie, who went four innings, struck out five, has a 2.45 ERA. Of course, we mentioned Ian Anderson earlier. So these pitchers are doing well. It makes sense. The guys are being terrible hitting-wise. Dane Dunning, again, had a good start. Emmanuel Classe 
hasn't given up a run. Garrett Crochet hasn't given up a run. So the pitchers are performing well. Anybody that I mentioned, I know I gave you a lot of names there, but uh, anybody that you're thinking can keep this up over the long haul? Um, I mean, a guy out of that group that I know you and I really like is Chris Rodriguez there, the Angels. Um, you know, he's someone that's got really electric stuff. And, you know, the Angels need uh, pitchers with electric stuff. Uh, we know Shohei Otani has it. Um, but uh, outside of that, um, they're really kind of lacking a lot in that in that area. But, you know, Rodriguez really kind of provides that for them. And, you know, yeah, he's in the bullpen for now, but I, I still think his future could possibly be in the rotation. Yeah. One last guy I think we need to talk about is Akil Badu. Of course. Uh, he's yes. hitting 455, had a walk-off, a grand slam. He's sitting at the bottom of that Detroit lineup, but what a start for him. Um, also, while we're on a guy that can actually hit, uh, also hitting 455, Tyler Stevenson, catcher for Cincinnati. So those two guys, what do you make of them going forward? Is it uh, just initial wave of success, or do they have something there that might be lasting over the season? Um, I mean, I, I hope there's you know stuff that's lasting there over the season. Um, and, and with Akil Badu, I mean, I, I, I'm loving what I'm seeing from him, and, and it's been great. But I, I think there's also going to be a point where uh, pitchers, like uh, right now, pitchers really don't have much on Akil Badu. Uh, he didn't really have much time in the upper levels of the minor leagues, um, so they don't really know much about him going in. And I feel like within a couple of weeks here, pitchers are going to figure out something on him. Uh, they're going to adjust on how they pitch to him. Um, and, and he's going to have to adjust back. And that will really kind of determine uh, if he's going to be uh, a stud like this for, for the rest of the year and a possible rookie of the year candidate. Cool. Well, uh, we, we were negative there in a lot of regards. But, uh, again, I, I think it's an important exercise to go over and remember that these prospects are not all going to be successful. I think we learned that, what, 40% probably aren't going to make it out of the top 50, maybe a little bit less, yeah. 35, 40%. And the the true studs, you know, when we look back at this list of the top 50 list, I mean, Seeger is a true stud. Giolito is a true stud. Trey Turner, like there's just Endeavors, Judge, Bregman. True, true studs, you know, you, you get maybe, what, five out of the top 50, six out of the top 50. And I know it fluctuates every year. You can't really go by that. But law of averages, you have to take it into consideration. So what did, what did you learn by doing this exercise? Yeah, it's just, you know, sometimes the, you know, the rankings here and like where um, some of these players get put, whether, you know, it's one versus two or, or seven versus eight or whatever, you know, it, they really kind of don't mean like as much because, you know, I, I'm even I'm looking back now at uh, Pipeline's 2012 list. Oh, um, yeah. and they had Jerks and Profar at number one. Garrett Cole was down at number seven. Trevor Bauer was down at number five. And, and you look at some of this is like, eh, that's not even close. Um, but, yeah, it's just kind of, you know, some of these numbers, some guys are like right in front of the in front of the other it's like, how is that a thing? Travis Darno was ranked ahead of Francisco Lindor back in 2012. Mike Olt was ranked in front of Christian Yelich. You know, it, it's just kind of um, all these things. Not all these guys are going to work out. And, you know, as much as, you know, we like to believe in their potential, it, it's just that it, it's potential. It, it's nothing guaranteed, nothing set in stone. And, you know, that's the key thing that we have to remember with prospects. I mean, there's a lot to dream on for sure. But for a lot of these guys, it's if they can do this, if they can put this all together, if they can add this, then they'll be great. But in, And for a lot of those guys, they're not able to do that. Absolutely. I will say that I feel like the amount of information and data we have today is, is better than it was. Even five mm -hmm. years ago, we have StatCast de uh, data in the minors. You have a lot more people like... This, you know, even Prospects 1500 is more of a recent site compared to like MLB Pipeline, you know, where we have everybody kind of watching these guys. So I think we have way more information now. But again, we're still going to be wrong about a lot of these guys. So um, that's going to do it for us here. David, thanks for joining me again. Um, we'll hope to get some guests on moving forward. But uh, that was a great episode. Thanks, David. And yeah. again, this is the Futures Focus podcast, courtesy of Prospects 1500. We will talk to you next week. 